Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, ladies, we have Amy Bruski. She's the president of the Colby Corporation. What I think you're going to get the most from today's conversation is we know so much about strengths and our personalities and how to look for our strengths. But we go much, much deeper and more profound today. What we talk about in addition to uh, our mind and our cognitive and our personalities, which you kind of know a lot about, we actually go through what you will do, which is our instinct. And she gives some great examples on how to optimize our actual instincts much more deeply than our personalities. She also talked about the freedom to be your yourself. And you, many of you might say, what are you talking about? What, how can we relate this to real estate, right? Many of us are aware of our strengths and the areas that we're not good at. But we, we really ha- hustle and we have conflict, through the conflict, and don't find our own way in, in a duty-free matter. So in this episode, we break that down. How does it look like? We have an exercise that you can truly center yourself and find where you should be focusing, not just for saving your time, but focusing your your energy. That's where the matter truly is. So enjoy this episode. We can we should have a series about it. That's my final opinion, Liz. <laughs> Before we get into Amy's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investhercon.com and use the promo code 100PODCAST to get $100 off your ticket. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. Our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life on their own terms. Right, Andressa? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What a mission. (laughs) I'll tell you. It's a big mission. That's a big mission. And, you know, one of the ways to do that is actually understand yourself and understand your strengths. You cannot build a real estate empire if you don't do that. So that's why I'm so, so, so excited to have Amy Bruski on our show today. She's the president of Colby International, and we're going to get into instinct and personality and the differences and how you build your strength. So 
so excited to have you here, Amy. Thank you. So happy to be here. And 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 I have a great intro for you too, because literally 20 years ago when I was in graduate school and before I actually joined a management consulting firm teaching the the predictive index, which is which is another tool in, in people's toolboxes. And I became obsessed with this topic of understanding yourself and understanding your strengths. My brother-in-law, who always kind of gave me really great things to do, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he, he had me take the Colby many, many, many years ago. And it's such a powerful tool. And, and why, I'm, why I'm saying that as we introduce you is that you can't focus on your strengths when you really don't like identify them objectively. And that's what it was like, so eye-opening. Like the things that I used to get frustrated about myself, you know, like, why do I start things and I don't always finish them, you know, unless I'm really interested in it or whatever it might be. You're going to tell us more about that today. I was so intrigued with it. And I think that's why we're so pumped to have you today. We're so excited to have you as one of our keynotes for InvestorCon uh, 2023 on May 18th and 19th in Scottsdale. Um, and what's really beautiful about what we're um, presenting to everyone today and chatting about today is, is Amy's where to get into strengths and yourself. What Amy's going to do is kind of like 2.0 really uh, during InvestorCon, really zone in on teams. Not just building a team and how do you hire people? That's not what she's going to talk about. How do you actually create a team that is actually this beautiful kind of like complement to you and 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 really achieving your goals faster with more ease, which was what women, women want and need. So, so excited to have you at InvestorCon coming up very soon. So thank you for, for being there. Uh, excited about the team piece and excited about today, about the strength piece. So let's, uh, let's dive in. Um, you know, and we like to kind of kick things off. You are, um, you are, you know, a president, you are a leader. You, I know in talking with you, you have a ton of experience in, in various things. We'd like to kick things off with what's been the hardest lesson for you or the longest lesson, I should say, longest, hardest, choose whichever lesson for you in your, in your business experience as, as a leader and as a president of a, of a growing company. Sure. Well, I would have to say, I'm going to go back pretty early in my career and say the most uh, the thing I remember the most is being successful in a role early in my career. I was a leader. I'd kind of um, had this traditional idea of what does success look like? And it's climbing the corporate ladder and it's taking every promotion and it's becoming a leader and it's making a lot of money. This is how I was keeping score. And on the outside, it all looked really successful. Like I was on this path. But inside, I was miserable and had no idea why. I just, I think we accept things. I thought, yeah, this is how it is. It's hard. It's stressful because I'm doing a lot. Uh, but it wasn't until I met Kathy Colby and she said to me, um, well, how do you define success? Nobody had ever asked me that question. Like, what do you mean? I mean, success is getting these promotions and doing what I'm doing. And she said, well, I define success as the freedom to be yourself. And it was this lightning bolt moment where I thought, oh, my God, well, I don't even know what that means or looks like, because I had been raised in a really traditional family where education is everything. And then you get a, a solid job and you work your way up. And, you know, my parents were incredibly successful. My dad was a leader, you know, at a major bank. And my mother, you know, had a, um, you know, she had gone to got her law degree and she was a business person and all these things. And when she said that, I thought, I get it. I'm not free to be myself. This is not who I am. I knew I was different in my family too. And at that moment, I changed everything. I got out of the career I was in. 
um, I started working in a very entrepreneurial job and realized that uh, I had done this traditional path where I was working against my natural way of doing things every single day. Mm. And it was going to be, it was not going to be good long term. So that that was just this lesson. And by the way, starting over, as a lot of people know, it's really painful. I was making a lot of money. I had all these things and I had to be willing to walk away from all of it. And then I kept getting calls like for six months. Hey, if you want to come back, we'll do this. <laughs> like, oh, this is crazy. But um, it was the best decision that I ever made and realized that you can be in the zone every day doing things in a way that are natural for you and loving what you do. I tell my kids all the time, now they're adults, but I've said, I love my job. Doesn't mean there's not stress. Doesn't mean yeah. there's not learning. I'm learning every day still. I am in the process of learning is my motto for this year. I am in the process of learning for everything that I'm doing and where I'm struggling. Um, but oh, it is joyful and it's amazing. And if those of you that follow sports, it's like being in the zone. If you ever hear athletes talking about being in the zone, it's kind of automatic. It takes less yeah. effort. It's just more effortless. Yeah, and there's more joy in that. You know, Amy, I, I love I love that we are talking about knowing oneself because I think that in in real estate, the reasons why, what many reasons why Liz and I started the real estate investor community, which of course is real estate based. But we also have two other pillars, which is business business strategies and self-care. And many people might be listening right now and not connecting the dots. So we we welcome different types of uh, conversations in order for us to connect the dots because we were taught by people on stage, by the models that we have seen in this industry that success should look like this, this and that. And her and I could not relate to a lot of things that they were saying there. So for many years, I was I grew up in Brazil and I moved to the U.S. But for, for I started, I would say, quote unquote, knowing myself once I started doing more personal development and naming things and really accepting the things that I'm really good at. And the other one, and I also accepting that the, the part that I am not, it's not my strength. And in living at that, right? And really like embracing my whole thing. I remember very, very vividly, my mom is like Liz, right? The life of the party, extrovert, can make friends with anybody, even if she doesn't speak the language, she will make friends anywhere that she goes. Me, I am an introvert. Don't make friends unless people come to me, right? I was called the antisocial. When I wanted to go home because I was already done with the party. First, I didn't even want to go, but I was done with the party. I was tired about it. But the antisocial became my label. And I let that label go when I learned more about how introverts get their energy from. What do I need as a person in order to have my cup full? And there's nothing wrong with it. But I have the 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 knowledge and the the acceptance to understand what do I need as a person. So, ladies and all the guys that are listening here, it's super important to know oneself. So let's talk about strength. And we have done, listen, I have done so many different tests. And at first, people say, oh, this is just a different type of flavor of ice cream. 
but I would I would encourage you guys to really understand what each test does because they are not equal. They measure different things. And as you take them, you get cognitive, you get your quote unquote, your instincts, your personality. And it's so fascinating to see it. So look, can we dive? I know you have our Kobe results in front of you. <laughs> and you guys got to have a treat here. We got to dissect and listen and address on two as we, we talked here. But before we get into that, uh, dissect for me what Kobe measures. And how is that different from other other tests? Sure. Okay. So let's go back to kind of what's been understood and accepted about our strengths in what we call all three parts of the mind. And by the way, Aristotle and Plato wrote about this. So this is nothing that we at Colby Corp made up. And that there are three parts to you. There's the thinking part of the mind or what's called traditionally cognitive. So these are your skills, your ability, your knowledge, those kinds of things. And you, as as we grow in our careers and in our roles and growing our business, we're constantly getting more knowledge, learning, having certain skills. Some of you may be really adept at selling. Some of you may be more adept at finances, whatever that might be. So that's your what you can do. Let's think about that thinking part of the mind is what are you capable of? And by the way, just because you're capable of it doesn't mean you should spend your time doing it because it may mm -hmm. not be a lot. So that's the first piece. Second piece is kind of this feeling part of the mind or what's called personality or very formally called the affective part of the mind. Almost any assessment any of you have taken fall into that category. So think Myers-Briggs or DISC or Predictive Index or StrengthsFinder. And I love personality tests. They give me so much insight about what someone prefers and wants and about their personality. So Andressa, your example about introvert and extrovert, oh my goodness. I am such an introvert, and my husband has called me antisocial always. We've been married <laughs> over 30 years. And uh, I kept trying to change that about myself, and that's not going to change. So absolutely, you're going to embrace it. But your personality part of you is what you want. What do you value? What motivates you? What do you care about? What's unique to your personality type? So those are the two parts of the mind that a lot of us already know a lot about. The third dimension of the mind is about how you take action. So if the first part is what you can do, second part, what you wanna do, this third part is what you will do when you're acting. So all day long, you're faced with problem solving, you're making decisions, you're taking action, and we all have this innate way, we call these our striving instincts, when you're striving or you're problem solving of how you execute. So the Colby A index measures how you get things done. So it is just one component of the mind, which is why I'm such a fan of all the other assessments, because you need to really know yourself in all three. And we uniquely focus on how do you make decisions? How do you execute? How do you take action? That part of the mind is really innate to you. We don't find that there's any change over time. So our reliability studies go back now over 20 years, and you are who you are, and you've been this person for a very long time. So knowing this is a stable trait, our challenge is don't try and change this about yourself. And by the way, bad news, whoever your significant other is or your kids, they're not changing either, right? So you know, if, you're, if you think you're, that other person is going to change, it's not. What we find is that the more you can tap into this strength, for problem solving and executing, 
and really know it, the more you're going to be in line. The more you work against it, that's when there's real frustration, exhaustion, failure. So all of you that set New Year's resolutions, I think just recently, like last week, I think around the 13th of January is Quitter's Day or something like that, where already, yeah, resolutions are already, the majority of them are failing. And I think we've been taught, well, that's just, you're not motivated enough or you don't care enough. And what happens a lot of times is we set these resolutions on changing who we are and how we naturally execute, or you haven't used that in order to get that resolution done. So everybody make a resolution, no more resolutions to try and change yourself. If there's a goal you want to achieve, that's excellent. We can talk about how you're going to get there in a way that's most natural for you. So to sum it up, Andressa, this is just this third part of the mind that's how you execute. I say, I love, I love all this. You know, I'm, I'm taking notes like I've never heard this before. You know, it's so funny. I'm like, I'm writing feverishly of notes. I'm like, Liz, you've heard this like probably, you know, a ton of times, but I just, I just love it because it's so, the more we get a chance to understand our strengths, not just understand them, but utilize them and set ourselves up for success on a daily, weekly, strategic level. That's where the work is. Cause I know a lot of people know some of this stuff about themselves, but are they using it? Right. Two different things. So, so let's get into problem solving and executing. I mean, everyone listening to our podcast, these are women who are movers and shakers. You know, they're, 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 they, they, they have a handful of properties. They're growing their portfolios. They're committed to creating generational wealth, which is our theme for InvestorCon. So let's get down to like brass tactics of like, give us a situation of like the problem that pops up. So, I mean, maybe I'm just, and I use an example, you can... You t- what? Oh, just, are you saying we have problems? No, we have not. Oh, no, absolutely not. We don't Let's have use you guys as an example. I think that would be great. Yeah. Like, you know, problem solving has to be, I mean, think about all the issues that anyone, any profession deals with. But as entrepreneurs, as real estate investors, as people taking on their own kind of like future, right? Problems are 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 common. It's not like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna have a problem with this. You're entrepreneurial, you're doing your own thing. You know, you're renovating a house to to expect no problems is ridiculous, right? So give us, you know, share with us a little bit about like how women can tap into maybe the dimensions of, of, of Colby and then maybe a little bit about the two of us and a problem, how we would approach a problem, how we could optimize, right, our differences. Sure. Okay. So let's first focus on if you were both starting a project, how you would naturally start. Liz, you are all about driving change and ideas. You would say maybe, what is never? what have I never done with this before? And you're a natural brainstormer. So when you talk to Liz, she has a thousand different ideas and it really sounds like she's going to do all of them. And Dressa's laughing already, right? But it is this, um, it's a brainstorm and you're all about options. You need choices. So if someone boxes you in and says there's only one way to move forward, that is going to make you crazy. So knowing that about yourself is really important. The other thing is you really do your best work when we're on intense deadline. So the more that you've got this intense deadline, she will change her mind at at the very end, right? Whereas Andressa, you are, so where Liz is going to drive change and maybe growth, Andressa is going to be about the strategy of how are we going to get there. So it is about let's get into the details. Let's make sure that we've got the plan going on. Uh, Both of you are actually... fabulous compliment to each other because Andressa, you will- We didn't pay her to say that. That's good. Oh, no. (laughs) You're a great team because you've got these complementary strengths and diversity is key in getting things done. 
So Andressa, you will absolutely focus on what do we already know? How can we build on what's worked in the past? Um, What do I know right now as far as the plan? And you will actually have a plan B. So Liz, you can get Andressa to go along with some crazy idea as long as you give her time to say, what's the worst case scenario? And make sure that she's got that figured out. So the two of you together, if you can stay in your lane, and that's what's key. So uh, I'm in business as well with, um, I'm actually in business with a family member. So I love talking about family business, but my stepbrother and I run Colby Corp together and we're owners. Uh, The two of us, if we can stay in our lanes and always be doing what we do best, it's it's amazing magic. So yeah, I, I love that. I think that the more that I know I know this about Liz, right? We took the Kobe, we took others. So I know this about her. So when she is spitting out so many ideas, we take we take them down when I we have a place, right? We can we can put them. And if I start going to the nitty-gritty, that's when things don't work out because like I didn't get there yet. Or 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 Wait a minute. We are aren't we like brainstorming it? And I am already troubleshooting the process inside my head because I am already like <laughs> six months down the road and already she's like, What are you talking about? Right. So I think that with with the ears and our commitment to know one another and really remember I know this about her and she know that about me. So we don't use it against each other. I do believe that before we did not intentionally or maliciously, but we used it against each other. I was like, please don't give me another idea. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. For the love of God. Right? And I shut I, her down with her idea. I can't shut her down with her ideas. It needs to flow as much as possible because then brilliance com- comes out. But I probably said to her, I, I, I can't do it with other idea, if that makes sense, Amy, not knowing there. that that was a strength of hers. Yeah. And so, Liz, you you have to know who to go brainstorm with sometimes. If you just want to do nothing but throw the craziest ideas out there, sometimes it works to do it with Andressa. Sometimes you need your other brainstorming Correct. people. And then Andressa, same thing. You need time to make sure that you figure that you get all the information if you really are going to execute. So. Liz might sound like she really means something, but she's still brainstorming and she's going to change her mind. Now, with experimentation and change, Liz, you and I are very similar in the way we get things done, comes some failure. So we have to be okay with, well, we tried it, that didn't work, or whatever it might be. And that's fully acceptable and great. So you both have these incredible strengths. And by the way, there's no one right way to get things done, no good or bad results. It's just a matter of tapping into that and not changing it. And Liz, you had mentioned something about how you organize. You're naturally very, very adaptable. So the traditional way of put things in a folder or everything has its place, or I I finish one thing before I start the next, that's not going to work for you. You need that flexibility and adaptability. So traditional ways of organizing just might stress you out. Whereas Andressa, you're really good with accommodating structure and change as needed. Um, so those two things look very different for both of you. Whereas Liz, you probably organize in piles somewhat if you have paper. <laughs> not even can see it behind her. There's a pile of folders. I see nothing behind me. I, do I need to show a visual? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I, silver yeah. piles of color. My pile, I have some random papers on top, but I have file folders and I have my little pad and then that's totally gorgeous. I love the colors. Yes. Andressa's neck, our uh, hair on her neck is standing up right now. <laughs> yeah, mine are all aligned. I don't have folders, so that's uh, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I uh, think though the key though to, to there's two things, right? Like in order to in order to adapt to one another, I think each person has to do the work to say, okay, I am who I am, but I need to be mindful of of other people and how they need and what they need and want. And so as we learn about our, see, I don't think that's the work that people do. You know, I don't think that's the work because it's really, it would be really easy for me to say, you know, I, I remember a conversation on Justin and I, we have monthly strategic meetings and um, we would get, you know, I, I think it was, we do continue start and stop. What's, you know, what should we continue doing, start doing, stop doing? And I know that about myself I'm not, and I'm an extrovert who likes to brainstorm, right? So, so add that piece of it. I'm not an introvert who brainstorms. I'm an, I'm a verbal person who gets her energy by brainstorming with people, right? So... And on Jess's, what you just said, plus she's more of an introvert. So so again, it's that added piece of instinct and feeling, right? You were saying. So we would get together on monthly meetings. And I and I think it just came up. We were doing continue start and stop. I said, Jess, is there anything I could be doing differently or, you know, to work better with you? I, I know who I am, but, you know, what what, what can I do? It'd be helpful, Liz, if, if, if we're going to talk about a topic that you have thought about it a little bit and you just put some, just some, just thought about it for a few minutes. So at least when we talk. I know that your your wheels have been turning. So then the brainstorm that we're gonna do is actually more helpful and useful. I'm like, that makes sense. Versus the first time I'm thinking about it is together with her. You know, that's a lack of preparation in a lot of ways. Is sure. you know, and I and I've come to like, so we'll have something on the agenda and I and I have like I like thinking about I just need to schedule it. Because if I don't and then my, you know, then I'm not Pro, I'm not proactive on my calendar and I'm playing defense and then I'm like, we're all over the place. That's not going to work. It's going to work in life. So again, it's like, how do you get feedback that works within your own personality? I want to have an effective brainstorm with her about something. Okay, what does that look like? We had better conversations when I've thought about stuff. Same with her. I mean, for any ever. I mean, we have a lot to do. If I just didn't think about it, we're going to be there all day. So I didn't. that, that didn't come across my mind though. It wasn't like this. I was trying to make her crazy or I was just trying to be unprepared. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't cross my mind. So I think the key is not to like, I could have been like, that's who I am. You know, I like to brainstorm in real time. Just deal with it. You know, <laughs> but I think that that's when partnerships just end because people are just yeah. like, that's who I am, period. And I think that we're 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 becoming more who we are by peeling the layers and really understanding who we are. But it allows us the the irony of it all is it allows us, which I want to get back to you, Amy, on, on how why this is. It actually allows us to be the best version of ourselves, which includes optimizing our strengths. So then that brainstorm or that kind of connection is even more powerful. It actually allows the strength to come out versus it to be like kind of an afterthought, if that makes sense. Oh, and sure. I, I, I don't know if how that works or what, what your thoughts are on that, but I, I think that's a very important piece to all this of honoring and then optimizing, right, our strengths. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's so much in, in everything that you just said. First of all, I think it's human nature that if you don't really know enough about these things and other people that you are trying to help people 
And we want everyone to be just like us. By the way, anyone who has kids, you've done this to your kids at some point. Like, here's how I've been successful. So let me help you. And guess what? Genetically, we don't find any similarities or differences in Colby strengths. So in the way people execute. So some of your kids might be like you, some of them not. But one of the things that I loved about what you said, Liz, is you went through the process and the exercise of asking, what else can I do? And what can you do to be more effective? And that's what's critical because you can't use your strengths as a cop-out. Like, I don't get to just say to the IRS, sorry, I, I'm not very organized. I, I do things randomly. Therefore, I'm not going to get my taxes in on time. So we have to learn to say, what is the end result we want to get to? Be really clear about what excellence looks like in that. And then figure out a way, how can we get there with as much freedom to be ourselves? But when you're working with someone else, and by the way, to even back up a little bit, we first have to just decide when is it best to work collaboratively and when is it best to work independently? Mm. I think there is way too much collaboration in meetings. And what I find when I'm working with teams all the time is let's beat on everything. It's like, that's probably not a good idea. Let's do our independent things and work within our strengths and then come together and collaborate. So when is it best to solve problems together versus doing some independence? So as Liz, as you said, maybe you're going to spend some time thinking through some of your ideas or frankly, since you do your best work when you're talking, talking to somebody else about it, just getting it out loud. And then you guys come together and strategically say, okay, here's some of my ideas and then address it, shoot holes in what I'm saying. What, you know, what would make sense and what would not? What questions do you have? It's a great point versus taking it personally, which is has been, I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> More than a couple We're of times. We're aware of it, right? And we call yeah. it out. Sure. We call it out when when Liz or me, like, well, I guess Rhonda, we, we name our brains, right? So Rhonda is my brain and, and, and Rhonda sometimes get out of line and say, oh my God, all right, Rhonda's kicking in here. Right. Oh, my gosh. That is so important what you just said. If we can name it, if we can say here are just my strengths, this is my natural way of doing things, then when something isn't working or you're getting frustrated, you can just say it. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm just frustrated because I'm not getting all the information. Andressa can say, I'm just not getting enough details or this seems like it's taking us in a completely different direction and I'm not sure how we're going to do that you know, my my strengths, I mean, this is totally working against who I am naturally. So being able to own it, label it, and then know, yep, there's some emotion involved in when you're being taken out of your game. And that's okay. Yeah. And your own triggers. Yeah. I mean, because we're all walking around with our own baggage of things that happened when we were kids. And I mean, you know, that we need a lot more time than our, our podcast episode to go through all that. But I love what you just said in, in terms of a process. I want to just reiterate for the one listening you know, really getting clear on what you want your end result to look like. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we do that with properties or flips or a rental. We we do that in, in that sense, but we don't actually say collectively, what do we want this project to look like? What are the results we want to see? And I love what you said about like, what does excellence look like to me? Because that's, you know, that's a big question. It doesn't mean making XYZ profit. It may mean learning the trade. It may mean partnering with that GC on that project. It might mean you know, expanding uh, and pivoting from long-term rentals to midterm rentals or whatever excellence looks like in your real estate life or world. And then you said how, and then the question is not if, because if is very, very limiting as a question, but you then said, how can I get there with the freedom to be myself? 
you know, and I don't think that's the work that most people are doing right now. Number one, it's just like, get this done versus how do I set this up for success so I can be myself? So how do women do that? How do they do this process? How do they get to the point where, okay, I want the freedom to be myself. No one would say, yeah, that's that's a horrible idea. Everyone wants the freedom to do themselves. So if they follow this process, how do they do that? I think it's um, a couple basic things. And we, we've already talked about get really clear on who you are and when you're in the zone, what that looks like. Then start making some decisions a little bit differently. So I, I love that you guys just had a podcast about stop wasting your time on projects that don't matter because you really talked a lot about what do you have the time to do? What do you have the energy to do? So the second piece of this, I'm really clear on my strengths. The second piece is what am I going to commit to? And that means knowing every time you make a decision, it's going to take some energy. Every time you take some action, it takes energy. So we've been taught to uh, ask yourself the question, do I have time to do this? Yes, that's an important question, but it's more about do I have the energy to do this? So knowing you have this finite amount of mental energy to execute and solve problems, yes, you will drain it. You have to decide what's worth it. So that really is prioritizing in a totally different way. So picture you come home at the end of the day and the question on the table is, what are we going to have for dinner? And you literally could not make one more decision in your day. Do you guys, I'm sure everyone can relate to that. I'll see what's better. Not one more decision. I can't even do it. Just decide. That sh- that's what mental energy being drained feels like. Mm-hmm. So it's not just do I have the time and how should I spend my time today? It is how am I going to spend my mental energy? So that means saying no to some stuff. We all know we need to say no to things. As women, we say yes to so many things. But when you're going to take on things outside of your role and your business, which you will, because you're a parent and you're volunteering and you're doing all these other things, some things are not going to, you're not going to do it because it's either working against who you are or it's going to use some energy that you need to conserve for the business. And then the third piece of it is about collaboration. And that is knowing who my people are that are going to help me when I'm, when I'm out of my zone. That's really what it is. It's who are my people that are not like me, who are brilliant in ways that I'm not, and where do I go to those? And that sometimes it's an actual employee, and a lot of times it's a vendor or somebody else that you're working with. So um, you really need to build that team around you in order to do that too. You can't find the freedom to be yourself until you've got some other people that can take on some of the load, even if it's just helping in some decision-making. Every time... Picture this little visual that every time you're making a decision or executing, you're knocking off, you know, one more block of energy that you have available for that day. And so, yeah. I think that a lot of women that are listening here now, they are listening either in the car doing something else. They're not just sitting down, relaxing, and enjoying, right? Rare. Raise your hand if you are proud of you. Send a picture. But majority are not. You're doing something else. And I, I don't know. That's just a hedge. We don't have the freedom to be ourselves the majority of the time because we have so many hats going on that we are naturally being so many other styles that that became our who we are. When you, you stop and start thinking about, okay, let me take a step back here. 
and really think who am I as individual, not as a mom, not as a spouse, not as any anything else, like me, 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 myself, and I, then I think that that's when the work starts. But I don't think many women are stopping or don't have the time or the energy to, first of all, stop and really ask, answer the question, who am I? What, what do I want? What do I prefer? What would I look like? What do I want to see when I come back home? What what my weekend looks like? What do I, I selfishly? And I think that that's, that's, you can't bypass that if that makes sense, Amy. Uh-huh. Let me give everyone a quick exercise because I love what you say, like take a moment. So if you get to take a moment and you're just sitting there, I'd love for you to just close your eyes and picture that you get to create a work day where you get to spend the time however you want, right? There's there's some activity or something that you're doing all day. Total freedom. What is that one thing? One or two things that immediately come to your mind. It does not take huge changes to say, what if you got to do that one thing 10% more, 20% more? I can't tell you how much people are satisfied with just a little bit more of that kind of thing. So that might give you a little more of an idea of what is it that you're in the zone. Sometimes people feel guilty and go, oh my gosh, if I could do that all day. I mean, that's not right. I can't believe I could get paid to do that. Yes, you can. Whatever it is, is valuable and important to the business. What would that be if you could do it even 10% more? It would reduce your stress. You'd find more joy in your job. But you first have to get clear on what are one or two of those activities that you know you want more of, and then pick the one thing that you just can't stand to do. And a lot of times it's what you procrastinate, right? So what is it you're procrastinating? We often procrastinate what has us working against our strengths. Um, And so people will say, oh, such a low-level thing. It's so easy. I'm totally capable of doing it. I don't know why I keep putting this off. You keep putting it off because it's not natural for you. Of course, you can do it. But it is a really, it's a complete waste of your mental energy because it drains you. Those other activities, the more you do them, it actually gives you more energy. You're energized. You might be tired at the end of the day, but man, it's a totally different feeling at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's that's the way to move through it is to really do the work or, or have that quiet time. The one to two, I love that. The one to two activities you want more of and then the one to two activities that you can't stand to do. And I think, I think so many, so many people, especially they're doing their own thing, you know, they get in the trap of doing it all. And that's what we want to, that's what we stand for. That that's not going to get you to, not only is it not going to get you to, it might get you to financial freedom, but not with, with, with ease and joy and in a way that so many, so many people, especially women want. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the question is for me, as I think about this and I think about the women listening, how do they move to the guilt of not doing it all? Because I, I think that's a big piece of it. Yeah, I, at least for me, I mean, not guilt, but it's it's like almost like you learned how to do it all and you know these things about yourself and then you get into the trap of just doing it again. So is it more quiet time? Is it, you know, more, I don't know, what are, what are some of those guardrails, if you will, <laughs> that, that women listening can really put this into action and make it a reality, not just, oh, that's nice when I have more time or, you know, when I have the money or whatever the, the you know, insert excuses. Right. I love, yeah, the guilt, oh boy, it's hard to ever have that go away, right? But we can manage it a little bit more. 
And I do think you're right. We, we've been taught, we've been given really bad advice along the way, like that there's work-life balance and some of these things. And I heard a speaker once say, it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life integration. It's integrated. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's more personal life and less professional, sometimes more professional, whatever it is. So if we can all just first accept that reality, there is no balance. It's out of balance all the time. And if you keep thinking in your head, I'm going to balance this out. It's like, no, no, no. It's going to integrate. And sometimes one is going to get more of my energy than the other. Uh, But then really think through, if I cannot do it all, I need to be able to pick and choose the things that um, give me the most joy. And frankly, it's like when you're on an airplane and they give you the mask on first thing. We've all been, we've all heard that, but it is such an amazing example for your life is you cannot be helpful or useful to anybody else until you put your mask on first. And so if that means spending whatever time it needs, just know that that has to happen. Uh, and it is really hard when you're managing all the the business and the family and all that. So give yourself a break. If it's, if it's a struggle, especially I think earlier, now my kids are so much older, but I, I think no one tells you how hard it really is when you're in your 30s and then early in your 40s and all that, I think if we changed our mindset and said, yeah, that's going to be a hard time. Building a business, really hard time. Raising kids, really hard time. Because now you have two different jobs. It really is. How many jobs do you have? And where you have multiple jobs that are full-time roles, that's really tough. So I think we need to change what we expect out of ourselves. need to give yourself a little bit of grace and acceptance and all of that. And keep being reminded you're not going to change who you are. So if you could stop spending all your energy trying to be something that you're not, I meet a lot of people who have done that. And man, they're able to give up that guilt a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that. Cannot wait to dive into all of this and more in this in terms of building a team and optimizing your strengths when you're uh, going to be with us. And can't wait to meet you uh, in May at InvestorCon. So um Ladies, if you're not familiar with Colby, check it out. It's really great. It's a, such a great, insightful tool. Um, Amy, where can the ladies listening learn more about you and learn more about what you're up to? Sure. Well, feel free to go to our website, which is colby.com. It is spelled a little differently maybe than you're guessing. So it's K-O-L-B-E. That's K-O-L-B-E.com. You can get more information on the Colby A or any tools for your team and I'm really looking forward to meeting everyone at the conference. By the way, if you've never been to Scottsdale, Arizona, it's a good time, everybody. It's beautiful. It's a place where I think this conference is going to be where you can really regroup, rejuvenate. And we're talking about doing something for you. This is something that's going to benefit you personally, plus your business. No brainer. Absolutely. Amy, now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you ever read? Ooh, I am an avid reader. I'm in two different book clubs. So um, let me just give you something more recent. It's hard to say the one book, but recently I read Think Again by Adam Grant. And I love it. He focuses on instead of thinking and learning, maybe we need to rethink and unlearn really great. So I've I've enjoyed that recently. Love that concept. You know what I'm going to do, right, Liz? I know. She'll have it. She'll, she'll have listen to it by tomorrow. <laughs> and Russ, you'll love I, you'll love it because he does. He is the the Wharton professor and he's done some really cool research on teams and things. But um, you'll especially like it because he always has research behind. Oh, oh there you go. Uh-huh. 
which is true to your Colby. Yes, I always say, Liz, what is the source? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? Okay, well, I love that question because uh, several years ago, someone introduced me to Miracle Morning. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but the whole Miracle Morning routine. And I've been able to keep that up now for five years. I thought it sounded completely crazy, overwhelming. So I did adjust it some a little bit to me, but I do uh, just a series of little habits to get up in gratitude, do a little bit of activity, you know, some of these things to get me going. It's been really changing for life changing for me. Awesome. Last question. Which women, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh, well, I kind of already said this, but it would have to be Kathy Colby, who, uh, first of all, I went back and I realized after connecting with an old boss of mine, I've had three female entrepreneurs who've been my bosses. I've been so lucky. I didn't set out to go out and find these people, but now that I'm an entrepreneur myself, I, I would have to say Kathy, but boy, I've been lucky because I've worked for some amazing women that have inspired me. Thank you so much again, Amy, for being here. Excited to see you very soon. And uh, and yeah, appreciate all your wisdom you shared with us today. Absolutely. Thank you both. Thank you, Amy. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.